From the Daily Tar Heel, I'm Emmy Martin, City and State Editor. Welcome to Before You Vote, the weekly podcast where we'll be breaking down what Orange County residents and UNC students need to know before the 2022 midterm elections. November 8th is less than a week away, and early voting runs until Saturday, November 5th. This episode is coming out on a Wednesday, even though Before You Vote usually comes out on a Tuesday, because the Daily Tariel has been working on a paper about the upcoming election. That edition is available as of today in blue boxes across campus in Orange County. In this episode, we will be focusing on a few issues related to the midterms, voting accessibility and campaign spending. My assistant editors, Samuel Long and Ethan Horton, will sit down with two city and state reporters to talk about these issues. But before I hand the mic over to them, there are a few things you need to know about our future election coverage. On Election Day next Tuesday, the Daily Tar Heel will release an Election Day special edition paper. It will include everything you need to know when you go vote. And we'll be handing it out in the pit on UNC's campus on November 8th. On election night, the city and state desk will be live tweeting as election results come in. We will be reporting all day and night as well. Additionally, we'll release a Before You Vote episode on election day, and our final episode will be an overview of election results after November 8th. All right, that's enough for me. Let's hear from city and state assistant editor Samuel Long. Voters with disabilities might face more challenges to voting than the typical voter. Staff writer Maggie McIntyre is here to talk about the accessibility challenges this group of voters may face. Hi, Maggie. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Welcome to the show. So to start, give us a little background into the issues voters with disabilities might face at the polls. Yeah, so according to Disability Rights North Carolina, there are a number of issues, including being unable to use assistive technology due to poll workers not understanding how to work the accessible voting machine. Sometimes the machine is not functioning. Interesting. So how many voters have disabilities, and by extension, how many people does this affect? Well, the American Civil Liberties Union found that one in every five people who are eligible to vote has a disability. Furthermore, data analysis done by professors at Rutgers University estimated that if people with disabilities voted at the same rate as people without disabilities with the same demographic characteristics, there would be about 1.75 million more voters in the United States. Gotcha. That's an interesting number in terms of turnout. Uh, Can you humanize those numbers a bit for me? You spoke with a UNC student who had trouble voting due to her disability. Yes, I spoke with UNC sophomore Eleanor Bolton. When she cast a ballot, she faced more challenges than the typical voter. She said her polling place in Davidson, North Carolina, was hard to access for people who use wheelchairs, and volunteers didn't know how to help accommodate voters with disabilities to cast their ballots. Bolton said it's no surprise that voters with disabilities don't turn out on election day as much as those without disabilities, due to an inconsistent understanding of the rules that would allow for accessible voting. What are some of those rules? So all polling places in North Carolina are required by statute to be compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act. This includes providing accessible entrances, offering curbside voting, having working voting machines for people with visual disabilities, and ensuring there is no prejudice against people with intellectual disabilities. For residents in Orange County, Jamie Cox, the chairperson of the Orange County Board of Elections, said they look for accessibility and make accommodations. Can you explain some of those accommodations? Yeah, so Cox said the county offers a number of voting options for people with disabilities who are unable to vote in traditional booths. Curbside voting, for example, enables people with mobility disabilities to remain in their vehicle while voting. 
voters use a call button to summon an election official who then transports their ballot and paperwork. The official also processes the documents for the voter. If people with visual impairments choose to vote in person, there are accessible voting machines that guide them through marking their ballot. Awesome. So is there anything else being done to solve this issue? Well, Ricky Scott, a voting rights activist who is blind, said he won a lawsuit along with six other individuals and organizations against the state over the right to an accessible absentee ballot in 2020. The ruling stated individuals with visual disabilities are now able to use a secure link online to request, receive, mark, and return absentee ballots. Cox also said he hopes to expand the availability of sites and hours during the early voting period to benefit all voters, including those that are disabled. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Before You Vote. No problem. Yeah, and to the listeners, make sure you join us next week for Election Day. Thank you, Samuel and Maggie. Now to talk about campaign spending is city and state assistant Ethan Horton. In the run-up to the midterm elections, candidates have been campaigning across North Carolina. In addition to the experience and views of possible future representatives, how much money they're spending on their campaigns also has an impact on elections. City and State senior writer Lucy Marks is here to break down how much money the candidates for state and national legislative races have raised so far. Hi Lucy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. To start, can you give us a rundown on the amount of money the Sherry Beasley and Ted Budd campaigns have spent for this year's Senate election? Sure. So all the candidates for the North Carolina seat and the United States Senate have raised a total of of over $46 million this election cycle. Sherry Beasley, the Democratic candidate, has raised the greatest amount at $33.9 million as of October 19th. She has spent $30.8 million of that amount. U.S. Representative Ted Budd, the Republican candidate, has raised $12.5 million and has spent $12.4 million. Matthew Hall, the Green Party candidate, has raised more than $155,000 and spent about $145,000. So how does this compare to other close races? Democratic incumbent for the Georgia Senate race, Raphael Warnock, has raised almost $100 million, while his opponent, Herschel Walker, has raised about $37 million. Outside spending in the race totals over $130 million. Outside spending in the Pennsylvania Senate race is over $190 million, and each candidate has raised more than $40 million. So tell me about outside spending in North Carolina. How much are other groups spending in this race? For the North Carolina U.S. Senate race, outside spenders have given $44.1 million to oppose Beasley and $15 million to oppose Bud. Beasley received $5.6 million in support of outside spending, and Bud received $21.1 million. Super PACs, which are often the groups doing this kind of outside spending, are not allowed to coordinate with the actual candidates' committee. Suzanne Globetti, a political science professor at UNC, said campaigns are moving away from local news ads and putting more money into streaming services. The Citizens United versus FEC court case in 2010 opened up campaign funding and allows any person or business with a lot of money to contribute as much as they want to campaigns, creating the leeway for this kind of outside spending. What about state races? Are candidates spending a lot of money on General Assembly races? North Carolina House District 50 Democratic candidate Renee Price has spent more than $30,000 this election cycle. Her Republican opponent, Charles Lopez, has spent just under $3,000. Price's campaign manager said that the campaign has sent mail to 20,000 people, which cost the campaign over $13,000. Greg Meyer, the Democratic candidate running for North Carolina Senate, 
District 23, has spent more than $250,000 this election cycle. Republican candidate Landon Woods has spent about $3,000. Thanks, Lucy. No problem. That's it for this episode of Before You Vote. For more, be sure to check out the DTH City and State's election coverage and our election preview paper. See you next week. Before You Vote is a production of the Daily Tar Heels Audio and City Desks. This episode was written and produced by Reagan Allen, Will Christensen, Ethan Horton, Samuel Long, and me, Emmy Martin. Contributors to this episode are Maggie McIntyre and Lucy Marquez. Our theme song is by Adrian Tillman.